This is the Buckeye Roundtable Show, presented by Byers Auto on the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Buckeye Roundtable is brought to you statewide by the American Dairy Association Mideast and Cova Insurance and by Papa John's. Now along with former OSU All-American Jim Lachey and the voice of the Buckeyes, Paul Keels, here's your host, Skip Mossick. And everybody, welcome into tonight's Buckeye Roundtable show following Ohio State's 45-31 win at Minnesota last Thursday. Big one coming up on Saturday as Oregon will be in town. Joined, as always, by former OSU All-American, NFL All-Pro Jim Lachey. Great to see you. Great to see you, too, Skip. Good to be back. Good to be back. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it feels is, like Monday. It it's Tuesday. It and uh, also with us tonight, as always, Hall of Fame broadcaster, voice of the Buckeyes, Paul Keels, who I couldn't tell was happier to... Do a broadcast in person at a football game, or when we found out last week, ABBA was getting back together. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know how many people asked me if there was going to be a roundtable show tonight since yesterday was a holiday? Countless. Countless? For three. Countless? Three. All good. Back in the old days, we used to go on the road on Labor Day. Yes, we did. Yes, Yes, we we did. did. We had a blast. They remember us at Ickes. Yeah, exactly. It was was fun, fun times, no doubt. Coach Ryan Day will join us later this hour. Guys, besides the win, the most impressive thing you saw from Ohio State in Minneapolis was what? Well, you know, two, four quarters of football. Uh, You know, obviously the game started well for Ohio State, got up to a ton, nothing weaned. Uh, You had a big run by Mayan Williams, uh, special teams, you know, no ruggles, uh, you know, kicking for the first time, puts it through the uprights. A lot of feel-good moments, you know, like, okay, here we go. And then next thing you know, it's, you're down at half, 14 to 10, and coaches had to make some adjustments. You know, they saw some things from Minnesota that maybe you didn't think you were going to see, especially when you saw that one-ton offensive line formation. And it might be over that ton when you throw in the 265-pound tight end. So they had a bunch of big guys up there, and Ohio State had to figure out how to align against that. They did, and they were able to shut them down in the second half. Second half's key. Halftime, they made great adjustments. The key is they never lost faith in their quarterback, C.J. Stroud. They let him go out there and make some throws, and it really paid off. He had some big plays in that second half, obviously, in the third quarter. You know, right away to Olave got him involved, and then, you know, things started opening up. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, Coach Day talking about, boy, we didn't have enough plays. Well, when you have one and two and five-play drives, you know, for touchdowns, they don't last very long. Those are offensive linemen dreams, by the way. Most impressive thing from you, Paul. Ditto. Just what he said. No, honestly, dealing with adversity, falling behind, having an interception, uh, seeing the home team get some momentum and being able to overcome that. C.J. Stroud, 13 of 22, 294, four touchdowns. He did have the one pick, but assess his play overall. Again, like I just talked about again, the way he responded, came back in the second half, the faith that the staff did. And a lot of good lessons there. You know, he's going to watch that film when they got back, you know, Friday, I'm assuming, and, and they broke it down. He's going to, you know, see some things in the first half, see some guys that were open, too, that he didn't throw to, which is all good. It's his first game. You know, he's going to learn a lot by being out there the first time. Anybody, you know, we're going to ask Coach Day. We'll have him on later on. You know, just how comforting he felt after getting that first win uh, underneath your belt. And, uh, you know, that has to feel good. I know the guys have a lot of confidence in him. That offensive line, I thought, performed performed awful well, gave him plenty of time. They moved the pocket around, but no, I, I think C.J. Stroud, obviously you get the win here. That passes a test. Things to improve on, certainly. 
Paul, defensively, give up 408 yards. Coaches will always say game one gives you plenty to look at to improve upon. The biggest things, though, on that side of the ball from your chair is what? Well, there were some missed tackles. Maybe not as much as you've seen in the past in, in some opening games, but the big plays. Now, keep in mind, you know, an outstanding tailback who's unfortunately done for the year, a veteran quarterback, and, and a receiver in Dylan Wright who looks like he could be the next big pass catcher that they've got in Minnesota. But guys that have played for the first time in that stage and in that kind of role for many of those players, the fact that they were able to tighten down when they needed to is a good thing. Despite what was given up, Jim, on defense, huge, maybe game-changing play with the Zach Harrison strip and Haskell Garrett's rumble for a touchdown. Really a big momentum changer in that football game. It certainly was, Skip. And, and, you know, just good to see that defensive line make some plays. We've seen that really throughout the last five or ten years, especially when Larry Johnson's been coaching that defensive line. There's guys coming up with big plays, and that was the case there. Uh, And, and, you know, you you keep going, you keep working hard like these guys do. You might not get home. You might not get to the quarterback. You might not make the tackle. But if you just keep working and working, eventually something good is going to happen. And for the case of Zach Harrison, he did use his length to be able to knock that ball loose. And then, how <laughs> about Haskell, man? He, he That's a second <laughs> touchdown. Yeah, he, he's got, he's we got, got to a see knack. this one. Yeah, he's got, he's got a knack. <laughs> In live, you're right. It was all right. But, Paul, we know from all these years, defensive touchdowns can just be huge. You know, when that happened, was thinking back a handful of years ago when Ohio State seemingly had like six or seven defensive touchdowns. And it, it can't, especially on the road. It just takes a crowd right out of it. Plenty to get into during the next two hours as we turn the page to Oregon coming up on Saturday. Giant Eagle. Pop-Tarts and Coca-Cola are bringing the ultimate Buckeye home gate again this season. Register today at ohiostatebuckeyes.com slash home gate for your chance to win a catered party for 20 at your home for a regular season away game featuring a former Buckeye player. Giant Eagle is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Saturday, it's Ohio State and Oregon. We'll be on the air with the AEP Energy Buckeye pregame show beginning at 10.30 a.m. Up next, our 60-second timeout as the Buckeye Roundtable show continues. This is Buckeye Roundtable, presented by Byers Auto on the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Hey, Buckeye fans, AEP Energy wants to know if you're ready to power up and carbon down. Help bring 100% renewable energy to the homes and businesses of your community by enrolling in our Eco Advantage plan today. Together, we can reduce our carbon footprint and supply clean energy for a brighter future. Visit aepenergy.com slash OSU to get started. AEP Energy, the official electricity and natural gas sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. While an affiliate of AEP Ohio, AEP Energy is not soliciting on behalf of and is not an agent of the utility. And now, Archie Griffin, football's only two-time Heisman Trophy winner, to tell you about Encova Insurance. Much like in athletics, Encova Insurance relies on teamwork, accountability, and dedication to execute a successful game plan. Your independent Encova Insurance agent can create a personalized solution for all your insurance needs. With smart digital solutions, superior financial strength, local expertise, and more, Encova provides a full range of products to encircle businesses and individuals with coverage at every step in life's journey. They remain dedicated to progress and continue to strive to be the most trusted and responsive provider of industry-leading solutions. Hard work and passion are critical components of any winning team. Count on Encova Insurance as your local team to provide peace of mind. Contact your independent Encova Insurance agent or visit Encova.com for more information. This is the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. 
Welcome back, everyone, into tonight's Buckeye Roundtable show presented by Buyers Auto with Jim Lachey, Paul Keels. I'm Skip Mossick. Papa John's wants you to buck up and help beat cancer. Use the promo code BUCKUP at PapaJohns.com to save $2 on any order over 20 bucks. And your locally owned Papa John's will donate $1 to the James at Ohio State Buck Up and Beat Cancer. Our thanks once again to Papa John's for catering tonight's shows. How were the Papadias? Very good again, Skipper. Thanks. Smelled terrific. Check them out at PapaJohns.com. Buckeye Roundtable. 60-second timeout. So much to get into. Let's begin with the running backs for Ohio State. Coach Cooper, when he joined us last week, asked the question, how are you going to keep all those guys happy? Uh, I tell you what, Mayan Williams rips off that long TD on the first drive, and then, well, we don't see him again until the second quarter. Uh, Marcus Crowley, Master Teague, both with six carries. Uh, Travion Henderson, two carries. Obviously, the huge swing pass for the long touchdown. These guys are all so good. Is it tough to nail down a tighter rotation, or do you even need to go there to have a feature back. Jim, we'll start with you. You know, I, I think certainly, you know, everybody wants to be a f- the featured back. Uh, and the reason I, is, is usually, you know, seven, eight carries, you're not even into it yet. You know, they, you have to kind of, as the old saying is, get lathered up, you know, get sweated up yeah. and get out there and get, kind of get used to getting hit, making some tackle or, you know, getting tackles, absorbing hits, things like that. And then, you know, kind of turn on it, you know, turn it on after that. But, you know, when you get six, seven carries, nine, uh, that's hard to get that. Now, at the end of the year, you're going to thank that, you know, because you're fresh and you're able to go, and it's a long 15-game season, so I understand. But you have a lot of talent back there, and they all have been proven one time or another, and we've seen, obviously, flashes now, uh, you know, of Henderson stepping up and making yeah. that big play. So, yeah, one back is is great, but I think right now the coaches, Coach Offer, understands what he has to do, what he has in that room, how he's got to keep the rotations fine, and, you know, maybe once we get towards October, we'll understand that a little bit more, but after one game, I'd say too early to call. It was odd, Paul, just, you know, it's, it, you knew what Coach Alford was going to probably try to do, getting everybody the touches, but it was weird. You get a really hot hand like Williams had right yeah, out of yeah. the gate, and he's, he's done for a and while. And that's going to be the interesting part moving forward. If all of a sudden somebody gets on a run, and, you know, we think about Trey Sermon last sure. year against Northwestern. If that kind of run develops does that shorten the rotation a little bit and also what does it do in practice kind of motivating guys to step up their game sunday through thursday absolutely everybody was talking about the big game and obviously big game by these guys but you know master tig still averaged nearly five yards a carry no, <laughs> you know, yeah right and don't write him off i <laughs> yeah, mean you know no. it, it just he, he's a guy that's going to be there he's a guy that's going to make a bunch of big plays have confidence in him i've seen him do it uh you and know protect the ball right he'll, he, he does all the, i've seen him block like a maniac sometimes <laughs> too so which is also important so no they they have quality there and that's a good problem to have right now all right up next receivers. Boy, Chris Olave. pair of touchdowns. Just so graceful out there. Garrett Wilson, five receptions. But the Stroud missed him six times. Just timing, and I guess is there anything to nitpick and, and say you need to work on this going into this ball game this week based on what we saw last Thursday? Well, they would be nitpicking. You're right, Skip. But also, you know, the fact that those were the two guys you knew would be the deep threats. Minnesota knew that, and it still happened. It just showed you some of the inexperience or at least the unpreparedness that Minnesota had for some of those specific instances. But it just, you know, last week we were talking about all these young wide receivers. Right. But just a reminder of how dangerous those two are. Olavi has just been incredible throughout his whole career. Now he had four catches, you know, for 117 yards, a couple of those to the house, long of 51. Uh, 
you know, just targeted six times. So, I mean, when you go to him, usually good things are going to happen. He's going to find a way to get in the end zone. And, you know, moving up that career re- uh, record list, 24 now. And, uh, you know, he, here's a guy that, you know, if you get 14 games or, you know, who knows, maybe more, might have a chance to, uh, you know, be a guy that can be the all-time leading receiver in Ohio State history, which is a heck of an honor to have. All right, uh, let's switch sides. Let's uh, start uh, secondary. Obviously, young guys being thrown into the fire with, the, with Ryan Watson, Denzel Burke. Are those the guys you see moving forward, or do you see Banks and Brown coming back, you know, based on whatever's holding them out right now? You would think they'd be back, because certainly, at least in the case of Seven Banks. Now, Cam Brown had his season shortened with injury last year. We know what Seven Banks can do with the way he's played, not only on defense, but on special teams. So... Whatever the situation is, and we won't know till probably late Friday, uh, you hope that they're back there. Well, from what the wide receivers are saying, they really have a lot of confidence in what Denzel Burke brings. They said he's got a pro attitude out there. That's just Chris Olave talking today. You know, he's got the whole package. And, you know, he came in early. He was productive throughout the spring. He had a very good summer, obviously. And coaches had confidence in him to start him. Uh, if anything, if I'm an older guy, I'm motivated. You know, hey, I want to play here. You know, I got to continue to improve my game. Uh, and that's what both, you know, both those guys are going to do. Whether they're banged up or injured, you got to get healthy, number one. Make sure that's the most important thing. But it's good to see that Denzel can go out there and cover and get it done in game one. Now, just one game, sure. that's it. You know, there, there's some things that he'll clean up. But just to get that under your belt, you got to feel good. Same on the other side. Ryan Watts, I thought, did a pretty good job, too. For the novice fan out there, just the challenges of going out there and playing that position for the very first time at that, it just just getting thrown into the fire. It's more than just just covering guys out in the parking lot. Oh, what you're looking at? You know, yeah. what are you looking at? Are you yeah. looking at the quarterback? You got to get calls. You get all these things that are happening, and all of a sudden you got motion. There's a lot of things that go through. But once you get into the flow, once you understand your guy a little bit, and once you see what athletic ability that the man you're going against has, then you can kind of you know size him up, and that's what kind of. You know, I think that first half was sizing up a little bit. Second half is much better. Let's stick defense, linebackers. Who impressed you the most? Well, Taraji Mitchell, which isn't surprising. We saw him all over the place. And and also Ronnie Hickman playing that hybrid position that they call the bullet. He seemed to be all over there. Now, you know, we, we, we were spoiled the last few years by some of the plays all these linebackers have made. But those were the guys that seemed, you know, to a layperson, seemed to be the most active out there. Jim Tommy Eichenberg got hit this opportunity to get his start. Uh, you know, he was out there making plays. You know, it was just a good to see. You also saw a little bit of how about uh, uh, Steel Chambers at the end of that ball game got some opportunities at linebacker. Uh, Cody Simon. So they have a group of guys that they're going to work again. Have faith in Coach Al Washington. He understands what he has, what he's going to do, and get those guys to develop so they can get the best couple guys out there, depending on the situation. All right, uh, let's finish this up with the uh, opponent. Uh, talking about Minnesota, which just feels sick for Muhammad Ibrahim. A, a non-contact injury. How do you see Minnesota finishing without him? Well, it's going to be a challenge for them. Now, Bryce Williams is a guy that's played an awful lot of football at running back for them, but uh, it really takes away their big home run threat. And we saw what he was able to do against Ohio State. Uh, a lot will fall on Tanner Morgan, but that's a big blow for a team that really was depending on him an awful lot. Yeah, I mean, last year he had 77 games. He had over 200 attempts, so they used him a lot. You mm-hmm. know, that's that's a lot of carries per game. Uh, you know, when you look at it, you're going to have to see uh, Cam Wiley step up a little bit, Trey Potts, both those guys, as you mentioned, uh, Bryce Wilkins. But I, I was impressed with Tanner Morgan. You know, again, he's 18-9 and nine now as a starting quarterback. 
I was very impressed with that crowd. Uh, you know, I, I thought that stadium was electric. You know, it got a little rainy there towards the game start, but it was an unbelievable atmosphere. But I think Minnesota's going to be okay. I, you know, that offensive line is very strong. They're going to have to change some things, obviously, without that. If they get Altman Bell back, it might change what they want to do offensively, and you might not see that seven-lineman formation much after that. Let's squeeze one more in real quick here on the opponent this week, Oregon. They get the win last week, I'm sure, closer than the day. I hoped over Fresno State, 31-24. They were outgained by the Bulldogs. I know they lost their best defensive player, and the final score is all that, that matters, but I guess surprising at the closeness of that game on Saturday. Surprising, and they flirted with danger. Turnovers and also some penalties, some unsportsmanlike penalties that kept drives going for Fresno State. So that was a little surprising, but first game. Yeah, I mean, again, that was a close ball game, and, and look at the fact that Oregon's defense had eight tackle for losses, had four sacks in that game, had four forced fumbles. It was still a touchdown game. So credit Fresno State for hanging in there after all those things that happened and made it a game. But, uh, yeah, they came in, they were right in it, had a chance to tie it up, but just could not hang on. All right, boys, good job. Football Saturdays at 9 a.m. Watch Game Time with Ryan Day on Valley Sports Ohio. Get exclusive insights and in-depth interviews with players, coaches, and experts from across Buckeye Nation. Coming up, we'll break down this past weekend around the Big Ten. That's next as the Buckeye Roundtable show continues. For a Buckeye Roundtable coming up, presented by Byers Auto on the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Here's to the ones who put in the work. The no days off, rise and grind warriors who live by the oath of my body is my temple. And when their temple needs to rebuild after a long workout, athletes of all types choose low-fat chocolate milk. It's delicious and contains the right mix of protein and carbs to help refuel exhausted muscles. Chocolate milk turns Motivation Monday into Flex Friday. Crush your goals with the help of a real recovery drink. Try it for yourself. Built with Chocolate Milk is brought to you by the American Dairy Association Mideast, a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. As the official hot dog of Ohio State Athletics, Sugardale is dedicated to delicious. Whether you're cheering on the Buckeyes at the game or grilling at your home tailgate, you can count on Sugardale to score a touchdown. Made right here in Ohio for more than 100 years, Sugardale has always taken a personal approach to making great-tasting, high-quality meats. Look for Sugardale hot dogs, bacon, ham, and more at your local grocery store. Come on over to Heartland and join our family. Now, getting ahead in this world is not as complicated as it might seem. Having the early guidance and counsel of your community banker, one who knows you and your family's story, can make a great deal of difference. Relationships matter. Bank on community banking. I'm Scott McComb, CEO, coming over to Heartland, where banking really feels good. Where banking feels good. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Is the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield? Welcome back, everyone, into tonight's Buckeye Roundtable show presented by Buyers Auto with Jim Lachey and Paul Keels. I'm Skip Mossick. Buckeye fans, power up and carbon down with AEP Energy and Eco Advantage, their 100% renewable energy plan for your home or business. Visit aepenergy.com slash OSU to get started. AEP Energy, the official electricity and natural gas sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. It's time for the Buckeye Roundtable Big Ten Breakdown. Down, 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 down. 
Here we go. Two seconds to go in the game. Trips right. One left. Love in the backfield. Snap to Sitkowski. He will roll to his right. He'll fire towards the end zone. Lots of shirts down there. Out the back of the end zone. Incomplete. Ball game over. UTSA wins. 37 to 30. That's a Roadrunner winner. Andy Everett on Learfield, Texas. San Antonio holds on to get the victory in Champaign 37 to 30. And after week zero was so impressive for Brett Bielema and his team, eh, I don't think anybody saw this guy. Remember, we saw the Roadrunners in Milwaukee, escape of the NCAA tournament. <laughs> um, yeah, not so good. And Art Sikowski who's kind of taken over there. Brandon Peters still out, putting the football on the ground. That was a big problem for them. And uh, yeah, all the goodwill that was achieved in week one, yeah. Yeah. Now, what's Nebraska think now? You know, I mean, uh, hey, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, Illinois, you know, they got their win over Fordham, though. But yeah, Illinois is a team that, boy, you, you, they, they hung in there. Now, this, in, in old days, this could have been a blowout. Yes. You know what I mean? Uh, the way it went, because they got down, they were down 20 to 14 and a half. Uh, but then, you know, they kind of hung in and made a ball game of it. And just right there, they were, you know, you heard it. They had a chance to mm-hmm. win it and just came up short. But they were in it all the way to the end. Credit that. But that's, just, you know, one on one's not good enough. If they were 2 and 0, boy, in Champagne, they'd be feeling awful good right now. To Iowa City, where number 18, Iowa, hosted number 17, Indiana. So the Hawkeyes look at second and long for the first time. They go with a quick snap around the corner. Goodson, first down, midfield. He's got nobody in front of him. He's going to take it to the end zone. It's a touchdown, Iowa. Touchdown, Iowa. I got to believe the Hoosiers were blitzing. No No flags. No no flags. flags. Iowa scores first and scores quick. Gary Dolphin on Learfield. Iowa wins handily over Indiana, 34-6. But they do it with their defense. Two pick sixes by the same player, and certainly that was an amazing day that Iowa had defensively. When you think about what Riley Moss did doing that, but how about Luke Lachey getting his first catch? How was that, Jim? Oh, that was pretty sweet. That was awesome. It was great to be there in person. It just worked out uh, that it did. Uh, But yeah, the fourth play of the game, you just caught it right there. Dolph did. Uh, We're uh, not... Uh, not uh, Ty Goodson. It's Ty Great. T Great. Not T Good. T Great. Took it to the house <laughs> around the corner. And it was, uh, you know, they had a good block, two tight end set, and it just worked out perfect. But uh, Phil Parker, their defensive coordinator, has done a fantastic job throughout his career. 23rd year on that staff with I. have been there since uh, Coach Coach uh, Ferentz took that job. So, And remember, he's a guy that's yeah. from Lorain, Ohio, was an all Big Ten uh, defensive back at Michigan State. So he's been in this conference for a long, long time. Coached at Toledo for 10 years. But happy for him, happy for Luke, happy for the Big Ten West. Rough day for Michael Penix. Yeah, yeah. and I say, Indy, I know it's the first game. Indiana just didn't look comfortable offensively. No, after everybody was talking them all up. And, you know, Michael Penix, we saw here in Columbus last year what kind of a game-changing type of player he can be. Everybody was worried about his health. Right now, you got to be worried about his confidence. Yeah, I credit that crowd noise. It was a very intimidating crowd. That uh, was loud and proud there, and you know that's that that certainly paid off. Uh, but I, it, Riley Moss, the defensive back, very underrated. Two pick sixes. That's sixty seven now since two thousand seventeen for the Hawkeyes. Another top twenty matchup in Madison as number twelve Wisconsin hosted number nineteen Penn State. Motion toward us by Strange. Sets up near side. Clifford, play action fake. Back, steps up. Long and deep. Dotson's wide open at the 10. He's got it. Touchdown, Penn State. And a fabulous job by Noah Kane on blitz pickup. 
Steve Jones on Learfield. This game was scoreless at the half. Penn State holds on. A couple of really big defensive plays late for that 16-10 win. And, and many of them coming from Jaquan Brisker, who about three different times had to be helped off the field during that game, the way he got banged up. Uh, but we also, as you heard from Steve Jones there, we knew Jahan Dotson could be a difference maker, and he really was, and especially late in the game. Yeah, he's picked up where he left off last year. We saw a lot of that uh, throughout his career, really. He, he's made some big plays, and you know, Clifford's back. They got some experience there, and that's what you need to win on the road uh, in Madison to step it up. On the other hand, Graham Mertz, uh, you know, did Wisconsin keep the right quarterback? Uh, you know, Jack Cohen over at Notre Dame. Uh, the other conference game was Friday where Northwestern hosted Michigan State. Peyton Thorne under center. Hands to Walker, running off left tackle, breaks a tackle at the 30, the 35, the 40. Left sideline, he's at midfield. He's at the 40, the 30, the 20, the 10. Inside the 5, into the end zone. Touchdown, MSU. Wow. An explosion from Kenneth Walker on the first play of the season. George Blaha, Spartan Sports Network, Michigan State comes out fast and they hold on. They win at Northwestern 38-21. Walker, a transfer from Wake Forest. And you knew Northwestern was going to have to adjust defensively when you consider all the people they lost at linebacker in the secondary. But, Skip, this was a shock. Uh, really did not expect this. Figured Michigan State still had another year of transition. Michigan State had 15 new transfers. Yeah, now, they might uh, still. Yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but they, they really stepped up. And, and impressive by the Mel Tucker, his defense, what they've been able to step up and make plays. But to score like that, as soon as you did the first play of the game, sets the tone, and, uh, you know, Northwestern never recovered. A little bit surprised, you know, because I, I thought that that defense, now, Hankowitz, this is his first game. Right. He's been there forever, uh, you know, since, the, what, 70s? Or been a coach yeah. since the 70s, but the first he's been at uh, Northwestern Not for a long there, time. Mean, yeah. yeah, this is the first game that he wasn't there as a coordinator, and they got to get some things figured out on the defensive side of the football. Next to Ann Arbor, where Michigan opened with Western Michigan. There's the snap. Back to throw McNamara. He's got time looking. Throwing deep down the right sideline. Ronnie Bell's got it at the 40. His defender falls down. Bell at the 10. 5. Touchdown, Michigan. Delano Ware fell down. Ronnie Bell took the bomb from Kate McNamara. 76 yards. And just like that, Michigan leads Rose against Western. Jim Brandstatter on Learfield, Michigan, rolls in their opener as they should over Western 47-14, but it came with a price. Yes, it did. Ronnie Bell done for the year. But it seems, and again, it's one game, Cade McNamara maybe has answered the quarterback question. Did you guys know that prior to the game, Jim Brandstetter and Dan Deardorff announced they're both going to retire at the end of the season? I, I did see that on social media, and yeah, what a what a duel they have been. Uh, you know, Dan Deardorff, of course, had a lot of appreciation for him. We had the same offensive line coach, Jim Hannafin, uh, who passed away just about a year ago. Uh, so we kind of shared that. Uh, and they were teammates together at Michigan. Exactly, Jim they were. Dan. Yeah, so Deardorff, you know, I kind of knew him from his St. Louis days where Hannafin was his line coach, and then Hannah gave us a lot of stories about Deardorff. Uh, you know, <laughs> when we were playing with, with the Washington <laughs> football, well, later on, 8 o'clock. Uh, but no, it, just to see those guys, it's always a pleasure. That, you know, there is a rivalry, we understand that, but uh, between us, it's it's so special to see those guys uh, appreciate the rivalry, they understand it, you know, they've played in it. Paul and I have been around it forever. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to, to get to know those guys. And yeah, you, you're going to miss them. Uh, they've done a fantastic job. The longevity. I mean, that's a lot of years in that booth. Well, that, Jim, that have to fill. Well, Jim Branstetter's yeah. been involved way yeah. back into the 70s yeah, right. and also for many years a sports anchor in a Detroit TV station to host the coaches' shows on Did TV. Did the Lions for a lot of years, too, yes. didn't he, right? West, La- West Lafayette next, where Purdue hosted Oregon State.
Here we go. Jack Plummer lining up to the right. They've got Xander Horvath lined up as the quarterback. And they snap it straight to him. He shakes one tackle. And he's in for the touchdown. Horvath broke the tackle at the 10. Scoots in for 11. And the Boilermakers are right back in it. Tim Newton on Learfield. Purdue wins what's probably a pretty important game when you look at their schedule. What's upcoming over Oregon State, 30-21. to And two crucial fourth down stops for the Purdue defense late in that football game to be able to get it. You know, there's a, a story that kind of made the rounds that ever since Purdue beat Ohio State, Jeff Brom has in his contract, if his team gets seven wins a year, every win after that, he gets a million dollars. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. And how many times true. has he had seven wins well, since? Maybe that year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The year he didn't have yeah. it in his contract. It was on the radio, so it must be true. Absolutely. <laughs> Elsewhere, Nebraska bounces back big over Fordham, 52-7. to Rutgers routes Temple, 61-14. Maryland beats West Virginia, 30-24. to I was a little surprised about that. I don't know why, but Maryland, again, they are hot and cold. It seems like they've been that, that way the last couple Very of years. Very surprised. And Talia Tungavailoa, maybe he's being settled in there. I know their receivers, Demas and the other one that I'm drawing a blank on the name, they had uh, two receivers, Demas and the other guy, each over 100 yards. And there was a lot of criticism about Coach Neil Brown and uh, Seth Dagey with the way that Dagey played in that Yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to see that game. It was traveling, but, uh, you know, just from seeing Maryland come back, I know that, you know, obviously you got a lot of respect for West Virginia and what they're able to do, but it didn't quite get done against Maryland. And Maryland was able to step up and happy to see that in the East. And, you know, certainly opponents of the Buckeyes to play here at home. Kind of a down week on the schedule aside from obviously Ohio State. State and Oregon coming up on Saturday. You know, Washington at Michigan kind of... What's Washington, though? After losing the Grizzlies right to the Grizzlies. Uh, Iowa, Iowa State, we know is a big ball game. Buffalo at Nebraska, don't be shocked here. No, Don't not be at shocked all. at all, unless you're thinking Nebraska is going to win. That would be shocking. But, but Buffalo always seems to be up and down. They have a great, great player, you know, difference maker. You know, they've had that over yeah. the years. We'll see if they have one of those issues. But you're right. I, don't be shocked. The 2021 Buckeye Grid Guide, compliments of Marathon Petroleum, is now available. To get a preview of this year's Buckeyes and their opponents, visit any local Marathon convenience store to pick up your copy today. Also, visit Ohio State Buckeyes slash Grid Guide your chance to win weekly prizes. Up next, we'll hear from Ohio State coach Ryan Day as the Buckeye Roundtable show continues. You're listening to Buckeye Roundtable presented by Byers Auto on the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. At Ohio State Outpatient Care New Albany, we've opened the doors to a new way to experience nationally ranked care in a convenient setting located at the corner of 161 and Hamilton Road. Here you'll find every medical service you need under one roof. From advanced walk-in immediate care to your physicians and specialists, diagnostic services, and even outpatient surgery. We're combining all your health needs all in one place, so you never need to look further than Ohio State Outpatient Care New Albany. Now open and taking new patient appointments. Now the officials have been talking for quite some time. Alrighty, let's see what they have to say. Upon further review... There is no penalty on the play. However, we have conferred and discovered that Bob, the line judge, has saved a boatload for his kids' college using Ohio's 529 plan. It is tax-free, accepted nationwide. Bob recommends we all go to collegeadvantage.com. First down. Well, that's not entirely unexpected. <laughs> Classic Bob. Hi, this is Paul Keels. This Buckeye season, don't let a broken windshield ruin your game plan. Safe Light Auto Glass makes it easy to get your windshield fixed with their mobile glass shops all over central Ohio. They can come to you anywhere, giving Buckeye fans more time for game time. OH? Man, I love that. 
Schedule at SafeLight.com. SafeLight Auto Glass is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. SafeLight Repair, SafeLight Replace. This is the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Welcome back, everybody, into tonight's Buckeye Roundtable show presented by Byers Auto with Jim Lachey and Paul Keels. I'm Skip Mossick. Join Coach Ryan Day and experts from across Buckeye Nation to preview every matchup and break down each week's game. Game time with Ryan Day presented by Huntington airs Saturday mornings at 9 on 10 TV in Columbus and statewide on Valley Sports Ohio. In Columbus this week, that show will air on Friday night, Friday night this week from 7 until 8 p.m. Again, Ohio State opens with a 45-31 win at Minnesota last Thursday. Joined for a few minutes by Ohio State coach Ryan Day right now. And coach, thanks for your time. It's an old coach's cliche. We know week one to week two improvements. What's the biggest areas I guess you'd like to see improvement on from your football team on both sides of the ball? Uh, probably just, you know, consistency. I think that uh, there was some good things across the board that, that we saw uh, in all areas, but then, then also some things that we needed to get cleaned up. Uh, we're going against a very different scheme. On, on you know in all three phases this week different style uh, Minnesota was was uh, you know big strong heavy uh, kind of run it right down the middle of you control the clock um, you know this team is much more athletic fast uh, and spread you out so uh, very different style and we just have to adapt and, and obviously be more consistent Ryan you you played quarterback you've coached quarterbacks uh, how important is it to get the quarterback you know that first start on the road and come out of the win just as a confidence level not only for him but for for the rest of the team yeah it's big i mean it's it's the first uh, win it's the first road win it's the first conference win it's the first uh, game uh as a starter it was his first pass it was his first, it was a lot of firsts and uh you know i i just think that you know we see it in practice every day we see the good and um, you know, we also see see the bad, and and you know, we knew what what to expect going into this game, and and I think um, you know it was good to at least have that confidence and experience under our belt as we had in game two. Just as important, Ryan, the the quarterback and the other young players, they see a little bit of adversity, and they have to go through the experience of dealing with it and coming out on the right side of it. I think that uh, you know, you go back two years ago. Uh, I think maybe you know it was probably game nine before we really hit the adversity. So uh, I think there's something to build on here. Um, you, know, you certainly don't want to be at, down at halftime going into a, uh, you know your first game, but but to see us respond was, was really, really big for us. And I thought you know, some leadership uh, really stepped up to the plate. Guys stepped up. And, uh, and so now, again, we have sort of a reference point you know, moving forward when adversity hits. Coach, defensively, you guys made some adjustments at halftime, and you had to. You know, they were bringing what I would call that one-ton offensive line formation with seven offensive linemen, and you know, a, a tight end is two sixty-five. And you know, by the time you figure out how you line up against it, they're running different things out of it. Uh, I doubt if you'll see a lot of that in the future, but that was something that in the first game you had to make adjustments at halftime, and that seemed to pay off. Yeah, we did. I mean, it was very unique. And, you know, if you line up without the right people, you can get pushed around. And, and one of the things that I thought our defense did a good job of was matching their personnel, although it seemed like, uh, you know, a lot of people coming in, coming out during some of those plays. But when they're when they're subbing, you know, 11 personnel and then coming back with, you know, 13 with a couple tackles in there, I mean, you better, you better have the right people in the game. And, uh, you know, it, it created some issues. And I think when you have a long time, like, you know, all spring and summer to kind of, uh, game plan and create some issues for the other side like that, uh, it can be unique, and, and you have to be able to adjust quickly and adapt, and, and I thought our guys did a decent job of it. 
We talked before the game and then even after the game. There's all of the obvious sights of the depth of the running back position. Can that kind of depth, not just at that position at others, make guys hungry during the week at practice? Oh, yeah. I mean, every day is a competition. Every, everything is an evaluation. And as a coach, you love that. You know, I, I think it keeps everybody involved. Uh, it keeps everybody uh, engaged. But also, you know, you bring out the best in everyone when um, you know, you're competing every day for a job. Um, and so that's good. I also think there's a little bit of getting the rhythm of the game. This game was different. We only had 48 plays on offense, gradable. Uh, very unique. I don't think I've ever been part of a game quite like that before where, you know, we had the, the, the defensive score, uh, we had the turnover, and then we had some of those quick-hitting you know, drives. So there wasn't a lot of plays for our guys to get in the rhythm anyways, um, but, but we did, we did to, you know, roll those guys in, and, and they, you know, for the most part, they played well. It'll be interesting to see if they get more carries going into this week. Yeah, you look at that, uh, you know how many plays, but uh, it's an offensive lineman's dream there. One and two play drives, are you kidding me? Uh, it was beautiful <laughs> to see that happen. Coach, you know that you, you have that big play capability, but uh, you know I thought that what I saw out of your team, too, is handle that road, handle the crowd noise and all those situations. I credit Minnesota's fans, especially that student section, uh, I think to the north side of the stadium, uh, from your left to the sideline. They were loud, they were proud, and that's what you're going to have to get here at home, too. That, that's a difference maker on the road. It is. It is. They, they really brought it, and they did a good job. It was a good atmosphere, and you know, um, you know, obviously sick to see Abraham you know, out for the season. Yeah. So I think they have a very good team, and, and I think uh, PJ's done a very good job. And a lot of those guys were part of that, you know, top ten team in the country two years ago. And so then you match that up with really a great atmosphere. You know, it was a big challenge, but but you're right. I think uh, we really need um, you know the horseshoe to be loud on Saturday at noon. Um, you know, early kickoff, but especially on third down in the red zone when they have the ball, uh, we need it to be really, really loud because it just be, it's a, such a huge advantage for our guys. What are the views of Oregon you could share with us as you get ready at this point of the week on them? Um, you know, they, they, they're well coached. Uh, both coordinators on offense and defense are former head coaches. Tim DeRuiter was the head coach at Fresno and uh, Joe Moorhead at, at Mississippi State. He was also at Penn State, so he knows you know, he knows this conference and, and, uh, you know, very well and has played here before. I think, um, you know, Mario Cristobal does an excellent job as well, recruiting really good players and installing a scheme. Um, they're very talented, a lot of speed. They've, they've recruited a lot of highly recruited players over the last couple of years. Um, you obviously know Thibodeau and, and Flo and, and some of those high, uh, highly recognizable names. I mean, they're playing very well, um, on offense. You know, Verdell is really a quick back and, Anthony Brown seems to, you know, found a little bit of a rhythm here uh, coming in from Boston College. So uh, they're, they're very, very athletic, a lot of speed, and, um, you know, big and strong. So uh, it's going to be a very different challenge, uh, almost the opposite of, uh, of when we played against Minnesota. Going to see four great receivers on the field, not only Alavi and Wilson, who have 36 touchdowns combined, uh, Jalen Red and Johnny Johnson the third, uh, you know, with the Ducks, have 29 touchdowns. That's a, it's a lot of production out of four receivers that are going to be on the field. So that'll be another thing that your defense will have to defend. Yeah, that's it. I mean, they, they score points. And, and in that conference, they they um, you know they do a great job of spreading you out and have a lot of athletes. And so they're used to going against good athletes. And um, you know, so we're going to have to, like you said, we're going to have to really bring our A game and play well and, and uh, play for four quarters. Coach Ryan Day, as always, we appreciate your time. We we'll see you Thursday for your radio show. Okay. Thank you, guys.
All right, Coach's comments presented by Kroger. Kroger Pickup is the easy way to get what you need right when you need it. Try Kroger Pickup today in the Kroger app or at Kroger.com. Up next, we will hit the red zone with Tim May of Letterman Row as the Buckeye Roundtable show continues. This is Buckeye Roundtable presented by Byers Auto on the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Hi, this is Paul Keels, voice of the Ohio State Buckeyes. The Convenience Stores of Speedway is proud to be a sponsor of Ohio State Athletics and your first choice for value and convenience. Whether you're tailgating before the game or watching at home, Speedway is always on your way and is exactly what you need to enjoy the game. Snacks, beverages, and everything in between. And nobody but Speedway has the speedy rewards card. Speedway, proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. We're on your way, the convenience stores of Speedway. At Huntington, we've been asking ourselves, is it possible to lend money at zero interest? And it totally is. Introducing Standby Cash. When you need extra cash, you can qualify for between $100 and $1,000 at Huntington. And it's free when you auto pay us back across three months. Why would a bank do that? Just to look out for people. That's how we reinvent banking. Huntington, welcome. Without automatic payments, 12% APR. Eligibility requirements apply. Amount available is based on customer eligibility. Learn more at Huntington.com slash Standby Cash. And now, Archie Griffin, football's only two-time Heisman Trophy winner, to tell you about Encova Insurance. Much like in athletics, Encova Insurance relies on teamwork, accountability, and dedication to execute a successful game plan. Your independent Encova Insurance agent can create a personalized solution for all your insurance needs. With smart digital solutions, superior financial strength, local expertise, and more, Encova provides a full range of products to encircle businesses and individuals with coverage at every step in life's journey. They remain dedicated to progress and continue to strive to be the most trusted and responsive provider of industry-leading solutions. Hard work and passion are critical components of any winning team. Count on Encova Insurance as your local team to provide peace of mind. Contact your independent Encova Insurance agent or visit Encova.com for more information. This is the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Welcome back, everybody, into tonight's Buckeye Roundtable show with Jim Lachey and Paul Keels. I'm Skip Mossick. For every Buckeye touchdown scored this season, the Heartland Bank Community Foundation will make a donation to the USO of Central and Southern Ohio, benefiting our active duty military personnel and their families. For more information or to support our troops, go to usocso.org and be the force behind the forces. Buckeye Roundtable Red. It's at the red zone now. Tim May of Letterman Row. Ohio State wins at Minnesota 45-31. Uh, t- uh, Tim, thanks for your time. We talked about the running backs last week and how talented of a group that is. Really hard to pinpoint who a go-to guy might be. As explosive as this group appears to be, is it important to you to have a so-called featured back, especially this early in the season? Not really, because, uh, you know, you no big surprise that they tried to play everybody who made the chartered flight, you know? And so, uh, uh, but there's no doubt about it. We were talking about this, you know, before the season started, uh, Mayan Williams, uh, clearly Tony Alford likes him a lot. Uh, he recruited him when a lot of, there were some naysayers out there and there's no denying what Travion Henderson brings to the stable, so to speak. And then of course, Master Tika third is sort of the leader, the leader of the group. I mean, the leader in the room and you don't forget him. 
But, I mean, I think anybody coming away from that knows my Williams can hit the home run now. How long did how long did it take for folks to really uh, latch on to J.K. Dobbins as a home run hitter, you know? And uh, and then, of course, uh, uh, Trevion Henderson, <laughs> he, looked, he looked like he picked up where he left off in high school. He hadn't played football for two years. And uh, so I think you pretty much – sometimes it's good for everybody, not just – the fans, but for the coaches and for the fellow players to see it right out there in the wide open, wide open, you know, who's, who should be carrying the mail. And I think, I think that's what Ryan Day and his coaching staff got done on Thursday night. Tim, uh, what did you think of CJ Stroud and his first performance, uh, you know, on the road, get his first win? I think it was, to be honest with you, I thought it was one of the, maybe the best start he could have because in the first half, especially after he threw that ball uh, behind uh, Chris Olave, which over the middle, which was picked, uh, you know, that was a mediocre at best first half for C.J. Stroud. Then he found himself, you know, in the locker room, uh, et cetera. I'm sure he got a few, quote, pep talks, end quote, you know, uh, before he went back out there. Because, you know, Ryan Day, as you, you know, you just had Ryan Day on. He's got he's, he's had his game face on now for a week and a half. I mean, you can tell by his answers and stuff. But uh, I'm sure they said, you know, hey, you got to be better. You know, there's nothing wrong with telling your starting quarterback you got to be better, and there's no doubt about it. Uh, C.J. Stroud, uh, in my opinion, had the best second half for a first game starter in Ohio State football history for a quarterback. I mean, five out of eight for two hundred and what thirty six yards and four touchdowns. How can you get much better than that? For those of us that don't know any better, there was the anticipation that the defense would need to have some growth and take root. What's your take on that? Uh, the defense uh, needs to have some growth and take root. <laughs> Glad you liked it. I mean, that. My, my goodness. I mean, they were throwing some weird, wicked combinations out there with that big, uh, as as uh, Jim said, the, the one-ton personnel they were throwing out there. But uh, when you saw that defense line up with uh, – when you saw that defense line up after that uh, Josh Proctor interception was called back, and then all of a sudden they're out there with that one-ton personnel, and you saw the defense line up with four linebackers all to the left of the quarterback, to the left of center. And, of course, uh, what does the Muhammad Abraham do? He takes a handoff over right, right tackle and scores easily. Then, you know, there are some things that need to be straightened out uh, communication-wise and everything else. But you guys are watching just like everybody else. They were, as uh, Ryan Day said, it was kind of like tra- uh, uh, pedestrian traffic on the sidewalk in New York City there with the way they were uh, taking guys in and out. I'm talking about even defensively, and you were bound to have some uh, screw-ups. They definitely did on that one. But that's not something you just go, okay, you learn from it. What the heck, that made it a one-score game again, you know, and uh, uh, can't have that, in a, uh, you know, down the road. I mean, I, but like we said, there were so many brand-new starters. I mean, Denzel Burke, how did he not get your attention? This this guy had a lot to learn, but, uh, boy, he left that game with a lot of confidence, in my opinion. That's just an example of a pure freshman cornerback uh, stepping into his first start, and I thought getting better as the game went on. Yeah, that looked like a hockey shift to me to see all those guys come in and out. You know, looking at that cornerback position, Tim, you got Cameron Brown. Certainly he's played a lot of football here. Seven Banks has played some football. Demario McCall's played all over. He got a chance to play some cornerback. Uh, you know, and you got uh, Ryan Watts and, and uh, yep. Shavazos uh, out there that's made some plays. They like a lot of this. Uh, Jacqueline Johnson out of St. Louis, a true freshman. Uh, does it make some of those older guys step aside with the young youth that they have right now? I don't know. I'm very curious. You know, Seven Banks made the trip. You know, Cam Brown didn't. Cam Brown was ruled out. 
there was no mention that Seven Banks was a game time decision on that. You know, as you know that that very valuable available list, but uh, I'm not sure how <laughs> valuable that is based on what we saw. But but uh, the bottom line, you know, you're either playing or you're not, and guys can go by you in a hurry. I thought Ryan Watts had some good and bad moments, just like uh, Ryan Day said. But man, when you get a game under your belt as a starter, it is. Jim, you remember this. I mean, it is so much different the next time you go out there. And uh, I'm, I'm just I'm just curious to see how they do play that little game at the cornerback position going into this, this week. I mean, you would think having seven banks and Cam Brand out there, you know, which well, a lot of us project as their top two corners would be huge against uh, Oregon. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I can't deny that Denzel Burke grew up a little bit. In your Newshawk days – do you recall Ohio State's courtship of Mike Bellotti when the head coaching position was open? Yeah, I think uh, one of his questions was, do you play Michigan every year or something like that? <laughs> As a matter of fact, I got kicked out of uh, NetJets. I went over there. I, I requested a meeting with him, and uh, this big guy shows up and almost picks, up, picks me up by my shoulder and escorted me out of NetJets when he was leaving town that day. But, uh, you know, I think they ended up with the right guy. I don't know about, I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, oh, no, he, absolutely. You know, he did okay. No, 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 no question about it. Tim May, Letterman Rowe, we always appreciate your time. Tim, we'll talk to you later in the week, okay? Always a pleasure, friends. Thanks, All right. Tim. All righty. Up next, uh, hour number two of our Buckeye Roundtable show. We'll have our Encova Insurance Archie Griffin High School Player of the Week Award, our American Dairy Association Mideast Top High School Performances, and our weekly whip around the state. You don't want to miss that. We'll hit the sidelines with Matt Andrews. And our insiders access tonight, Bill Landis of The Athletic will join us for a few minutes. Look forward to that. Saturday, it's Ohio State and Oregon. Kick will be at 12 noon. We'll be on the air with the AEP energy buckeye pregame show beginning at 10 30 a.m stay tuned hour number two of buckeye roundtable show coming up next this is the ohio state sports network from learfield Presented by Byers Auto is on the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. And welcome back, everybody, into tonight's Buckeye Roundtable show presented by Buyers Auto with Jim Lachey and Paul Keels. I'm Skip Mossick. Saturday, it's Ohio State and Oregon. We'll have much more on that coming up. But right now, it's time to talk some high school football. It's time for the Encoba Insurance High School Player Award on Buckeye Roundtable. One of the highlights of the Buckeye Roundtable show is the presentation of the Encova Insurance Archie Griffin Athlete of the Week Award. During each roundtable show, Encova Insurance and the Ohio State Sports Network honor a high school athlete for their outstanding play and team leadership. And tonight's recipient is junior quarterback, defensive back Greg Klein from Richmond Edison High School. That's over in Jefferson County. Saturday, Klein threw for 208 yards and three touchdowns. He added 71 yards and another score on the ground. Plus, had an interception on defense in Edison's 42-13 win at Steubenville Catholic Central. The Wildcats are coached by Mike Calopy. They're 2-1 and will host Vienna Matthews on Friday night. 
Again, congratulations to Greg Klein from Richmond Edison High School, the recipient of this week's Encova Insurance Archie Griffin High School Athlete of the Week Award. Encova Insurance, a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Time now for Buckeye Roundtable's American Dairy Association Mideast Top Performers and our Whip Around the State. And while we congratulate the young man from over in Jefferson County, that was not the only big game from this past week and others. No, not at all. We'll lead off with North Royalton linebacker and running back Zayden Abu Hamda, who had 14 tackles on defense, including three for a loss and 19 carries on offense for a total of 91 yards and a TD as North Royalton beat Massillon Perry 21-20. to Yeah, right here in Central Ohio, Bishop Hartley, Whiteout, Trey Saunders had 230 all-purpose yards, scoring four touchdowns, two receiving, one rushing, and another on a punt return in Hartley's 48-28 to win at Canal Winchester. The Hawks. Down the in Hawks. Hamilton County, Coleraine running back MJ Flowers, 18 rushes, 164 yards, and a couple of TDs, including a 51-yarder, for the eventual game winners, the Coleraine Cardinals beat the Mason Comets 21-16. Up in Northeast Ohio, Medina quarterback Drew Aller was 32-43 of 43 passing for 391 yards and four touchdowns and added 73 yards on the mm. ground as Medina blanked Wadsworth 35 to nothing. Aller is now Medina, Medina County's all-time leader in touchdown passes with 56 and uh Obviously, I think Ohio State recruiting, but they got a lot of young quarterbacks right now. Uh, that's a crowded room there. Yeah, exactly. Hilliard Derby quarterback Blake Horvath ran the ball 26 times for 193 yards and four TDs, including the game winner as Derby beat Westerville South 34-31. All right, Turpin running back Keenan Alcaldi had 246 yards and all five of his team's touchdowns, including the game winner late as Turpin outlasted Loveland. 38 to 34. That sounds like a good one. All right. You guys ready for the whip? Yes. All right. Let's begin our whip around the state. We'll begin tonight in Muskingum County. Welcome in WHIZ's David Kinder. For the first time since 1981, the West Muskingum Tornadoes are 3-0. and Senior quarterback Harley Hopkins, a big reason for the success. Saturday, they were in West Virginia to play the Wahama White Falcons. West M was down 12-0 in the first quarter, but then scored the next 54 points to get the win, 54-12. Harley Hopkins ran for four touchdowns and passed for another three scores for the Tornadoes. Seven touchdowns in total. West Muskingum is on the road this Friday to play 2-1 New Lexington. Reporting for WHIZ Radio in Zanesville. I'm David Kinder. Next to Wayne County, WQKT's Mike Breckenridge. The Triway Titans able to get on the field for the first time this fall in Week 3 after seeing their opening two games canceled by COVID-19 issues. Triway knocked off Waynedale 28-7 Friday night, led by junior quarterback Zach Miller. Miller was 24 of 38, 249 yards and two touchdowns. Completions to seven different receivers and Triway's opening game of the season a win. For WQKT in Worcester, I'm Mike Breckenridge. Handful of games each week, guys, just get get canceled or whatever. I mean, that stuff out there is still real. Got to be careful, sure but they're doing is. the right thing to keep keep kids safe. Yeah, I, I think they are. I think they are, Skip, and you're right. Uh, you know, I know just here locally, Whitehall Yearling mm-hmm. had, to, had to cancel some games. or, or you know, This at upcoming least, week. Yeah, yes. this up, upcoming weekend and some homecoming activities. Richland County, our next stop in WMAN's Aaron Hines. Clear Fork junior quarterback Victor Skoog threw four touchdown passes and better than 200 yards through the air in the Colts' 35-28 overtime win at Lexington on Friday. The interesting note about this game, Clearfork trailed 
28 to 6 at halftime and outscored the Minutemen 29 nothing in the second half. It marks the second straight year Clear Fork has trailed Lexington by 20 or more points and rallied to win. The Colts are coached by Dave Carroll. They're 2 and 1 on the year. They play host at 2 and 1 Bellevue on Friday. Reporting from WMAN Radio in Mansfield. I'm Aaron Hines. Don't think those students are yelling, school. Spotting them 20 points and coming back. That's awful tough. Down to Knox County. Big night there as we say hello to WMBO's Tyler Mathias. The East Knox Bulldogs and Ashland Crestview had to wait an extra day to face off on Saturday, but Connor Morse of Crestview didn't mind. He ran the ball 20 times for 110 yards and scored four touchdowns in Ashland Ashland Crestview's 41-21 victory. Ashland Crestview will now take on undefeated Western Reserve on the road on Friday. Meanwhile, a huge matchup in the Knoxmore Athletic Conference as East Knox hosts Centerburg to open conference play. Reporting from WMVO and WQIO, I'm Tyler Mathias in Mount Vernon. Far Northwest Ohio next as we hear from WNDH's Dave Kleck. The defending Division V regional football champs in Northwest Ohio ran their 2021 record to 3-0 as the Otsego Knights down previously unbeaten Liberty Center Friday night. Leading the way was senior running back Trent Leiter, who rushed for 296 yards and three touchdowns in a 40-21 victory. Trent is playing this season with a broken thumb, but that did not slow down his performance in racking up nearly 300 yards on the ground. The Knights get ready for their Northern Buckeye Conference League opener Friday versus the Lake Flyers. From WNDH in Napoleon, I'm Dave Kleck. 296. Come on, coach. Give me one more. Give me one more. Come on. Circle down to Logan County. Big game there as we hear from WPKO's Chad Wilkinson. Skip, it was quite a night for Indian Lake senior quarterback Caleb Worcester, who accounted for six touchdowns. On the first play from scrimmage, Worcester threw a 73-yard touchdown pass. He also threw touchdown passes of 85, 53, and 48 yards on the evening. Plus, he had a one-yard touchdown run, and the cap off the night, an interception return for a touchdown on defense. The Indian Lake Lakers rolled over the Riverside Pirates 48-19. to For 98.3 WPKO Sports, I'm Chad Wilkinson. Big game there. Southwest to Montgomery County as we say hello to WING's Justin Kenner. The Miami Valley was spoiled this past Friday night with great team and individual performances all around. One of the biggest performances and biggest plays of the weekend stemmed from Miamisburg Vikings wide receiver Jackson McGowan thanks to his one-handed Sports Center top 10 caliber catch in the Vikings win over the Ultra Knights this past Friday night. McGowan finished the game with six catches for 83 yards and a touchdown, but it was that spectacular one-handed catch with Buckeyes head coach Ryan Day in attendance that garnered all of the attention. For ESPN 1410 Wing AM. I'm Justin Kinner in Dayton. I think today's the birthday of ESPN, by the way. So just, oh, I think really? Their, their sign on Must day have been was, a good was catch. Long, what year was that? It was a long time ago. <laughs> so, no, I was 79, I believe, Jim. Southern Ohio to Scioto County. Our next stop, WNXT's Mark Williams. Portsmouth Trojan senior quarterback Drew Rowe had a night that dreams are made of, totaling 530 yards of total offense and tallying eight touchdowns in leading Portsmouth to a 56-29 victory over Cincinnati Deer Park. Rowe went 21-29 of through the air for 417 yards and three touchdowns and registered 23 carries for 113 yards on the ground with five touchdowns. Rowe and the Trojans are 3-0 for the second time in four years and will open Ohio Valley Conference play this Friday at Rock Hill. Mark Williams, W. 
WNXT Radio, Portsmouth. Final stop as we complete our circle of the state to southeast Ohio, Washington County, and WMOA's Andy Rex. Skip Marietta High School's Zach Bartlett carried the rock 41 times for 209 yards and five touchdowns Friday night as the Tigers picked up their first win of the season, a 36-28 overtime win over Athens. Marietta will look to even their record this Friday when they host Richard Wright Public Charter School out of the Washington, D.C. area. Athens will look to get their first win of the year when they host in-county rival Alexander on Friday night. From WMOA in Marietta, I'm Andy Rex. All right, guys. Great job, as always. Love hearing the voices from all across the state of Ohio. Super and appreciate the contributions. Real quickly, home teams. Moeller beats Chaminade Julian. They're 3-0. and Yes, they are. Do you know where they're at this week? No, hardly. Ironton this oh. week. Chaminade <laughs> Julian actually is where Jerry Faust came from. Absolutely. Yeah. St. Henry uh, won. They beat Minster, and the Bobcats had a tough loss, 17-14 to 14 right here in Grandview. Skip, great job with this segment. I love it. Thank you very much, Jim. It's a lot of fun putting yep. together. These guys do, do a do great job. Sure Absolutely. Our top they all know you, Skip. <laughs> Everybody knows Skip. Our top performers <laughs> from around the state was presented by the American Dairy Association Mideast. On behalf of Ohio's dairy farmers, the American Dairy Association Mideast reminds you that Greatness is built with chocolate milk. It has the nutrition you need to power your potential. A couple of surprises in the top 25 we'll discuss after further review as the Buckeye Roundtable show continues. For a Buckeye Roundtable coming up, presented by Byers Auto on the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Here's to the ones who put in the work. The no days off rise and grind warriors who live by the oath of my body is my temple. And when their temple needs to rebuild after a long workout, athletes of all types choose low-fat chocolate milk. It's delicious and contains the right mix of protein and carbs to help refuel exhausted muscles. Chocolate milk turns motivation Monday into flex Friday. Crush your goals with the help of a real recovery drink. Try it for yourself. Built with chocolate milk is brought to you by the American Dairy Association Mideast, a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Now the officials have been talking for quite some time. Alrighty, let's see what they have to say. Upon further review, there is no penalty on the play. However, we have conferred and discovered that Bob, the line judge, has saved a boatload for his kids' college using Ohio's 529 plan. It is tax-free, accepted nationwide. Bob recommends we all go to collegeadvantage.com. First down. Well, that's not entirely unexpected. <laughs> Classic Bob. Hi, this is Paul Keels. This Buckeye season, don't let a broken windshield ruin your game plan. Safe Light Auto Glass makes it easy to get your windshield fixed with their mobile glass shops all over Central Ohio. They can come to you anywhere, giving Buckeye fans more time for game time. OH? Man, I love that. Schedule at SafeLight.com. Safe Light Auto Glass is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. The Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Welcome back, everybody, into tonight's Buckeye Roundtable show presented by Buyers Auto with Jim Lachey and Paul Keels. I'm Skip Mossick. Papa John's wants you to buck up and help beat cancer. Use the promo code BuckUp at PapaJohns.com to save $2 on any order over 20 bucks. And your locally owned Papa John's will donate $1 to the James at Ohio State. Buck up, beat cancer. Buckeye Roundtable. Greatest play. Further After further review, 
Second and ten at the 43-yard line, middle of the field. Here comes Morris. Four receivers set. He'll get the snap. Has some time. Fires it across the middle. It's picked. It is picked off. And the Montana Grizzlies are about to shock the world and pull off the upset in Seattle. Yahtzee, baby! Can you believe it? Riley Corcoran on Learfield, Montana shocks Washington 13 to 7. Nothing against Montana, but that's one that probably should never happen. Should not have happened. Even though Montana over the last really what 30 years has been a dominant team in the FCS yeah. level, but that still should not happen. Congratulations to them and Good luck trying to get back on Washington's schedule again. <laughs> Boy, that, that, that has to be awful tough for the Washington Athletic Director to write that check after that game. Oh, huh? yeah. Like, whoa, that wasn't supposed to happen. This was supposed to be an easy game, but give them credit. Montana found a way to get it done. Washington, of course, plays a team up north this weekend. To Tallahassee next as Florida State hosted Notre Dame. Now Jonathan Doerr walks it off from the right hash. We're tied to 38 in overtime in Tallahassee. This would win it from 41 yards out. Reawait the snap. It's good. Hold is down. The kick is up. Ball game. Notre Dame wins. He nailed it. 41 yards out from Jonathan Doerr. 41-38. Notre Dame wins in Tallahassee. Paul Burmeister, Notre Dame Network. Heck of a ball game there. Notre Dame wins at Florida State in OT, as we heard, 41-38. Yeah, Florida State, uh, again, they're a little bit different team this year. Mm-hmm. Give uh, Norville credit. They, they really came back. Michael Melton, uh, his comeback has been amazing to see, you know, to get the hot hand there, score 18 points there when they needed it. Uh, just couldn't get it done in overtime. But just a heck of a ball game. Uh, Good college football weekend, and uh, Notre Dame just did enough to get it done. And how about Mike Kelly with his comments? Yeah, we we're going to get to that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. absolutely, probably, you know, a la John McKay, probably uncalled for after right. the game. Good but, work. But uh, Mackenzie Milton, Paul, I mean, what, what a story that was there in the Incredible second Incredible story to be able to come back, and he completes one pass, and they decide to stick with him, yeah. which was really a good thing. And, you know, this is one, you know, we tend to poke fun sometimes at some of these one-off matchups that are made for the holiday weekend. But this one, if you didn't have a dog in the fight, what a great game to Entertaining. watch. Entertaining. You're right. Right down to the end, and I even watched overtime. I tell you what, uh, you know, Milton, it was, I was like, okay, is he going to put him back in? Is he going to leave him in? It's like, well, now if he ta- he can't take him out now, the only thing he didn't do was kick the field goal at the yeah, end. Yeah, but what a, what a great story <laughs> coming effort, back from that yep. gruesome injury. To Charlotte we go, where Georgia took on Clemson. Pace in the backfield with Uyunglele. He's in the shotgun, two receivers to the right. And two to the left for the Tigers who are moving to our left here in Charlotte. Quick throw. Picked off. Intercepted Chris Smith. He might have a shot. Go to the house. 40, 30, 20. Far sideline. They dive. They don't get him. Touchdown. Pick six. Georgia strikes first. Scott Howard Learfield defensive battle without doubt as uh, Georgia wins it ten to three. Yeah, no touchdowns. Uh, offensive scored in the ball game. Clemson just three points offensively. They're just going through some growing pains. Of course, Georgia. What a what a tough defense. Now Clem, Clemson's lost two in a row. That didn't happen very often. Uh, no, it doesn't. And you know, you really, as much as you think about the absence of Trevor Lawrence, how about the difference it makes not having Travis Etienne? Oh my yeah, God! That's what I was going to say. That's a difference yeah. maker back there. But Their defense the, is still Cle- pretty yeah, good. Yeah, Clemson's defense still looks pretty pretty stout. It, they, they sure do. No doubt about it. Another neutral site game. This one in Atlanta as Alabama took on Miami. Rice gets it, backpedals onto the end zone, loads up, looks long. He's got Williams behind the defense. Jamison makes the grab in midfield. Down the right sideline, 40, 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Alabama! 9 
Eli Gold on Learfield. How deep is Ohio State's wide receiver room? Well, your answer right there. <laughs> yeah. Alabama rolls Miami 44-13. Jamison Williams, the transfer portal, lands him a great spot. And certainly to be able to get to a program like Alabama and contribute right away is a big thing. Exactly. They found a way to use him. You know, sometimes it just, you know, they didn't have the vision or it could just didn't work out. And he's... Thought yeah. he wanted an opportunity to compete. Obviously, Alabama probably saw a little bit of him in, in you know championship game last year. Happy for him that he's having the success that he wants. And how about Miami? Still just kind mm-hmm. of trying to get over that edge. And certainly, you know, they'll have opportunity to do it in conference, but uh, couldn't quite get it done against the Crimson Tide. To Norman, where Oklahoma hosted Tulane. Now they move Kennedy to the left side of Rattler from the six-yard line. First and goal. Rattler, quick throw out. Mario caught it. Has a tackler, has a blocker. <laughs> Hazelwood makes a man wow. miss. Reaches for the pylon. Touchdown! Wow! Super Mario! Toby Rowland on Learfield. This got interesting late as Oklahoma holds off Tulane 40-35. And, of course, it was the game that was supposed to be played in New Orleans at Tulane. And Oklahoma did a great thing by allowing them the home revenue, the lower bowl, but how about Spencer Rattler? Might we be thinking about a guy that could be in the Heisman discussion? Well, they've had a few of those in Oklahoma have, over the yeah. years, so it generally does end up in the discussion if they do well. But uh, the defense for Oklahoma, still some question marks on that side of the ball. Down to Cincinnati, the eighth-ranked Bearcats opened with Miami, Ohio. Second and seven, Cincinnati. The Cats at their own 19. Two deep safeties for the Red Hawks. As Ritter catches the shotgun snap. Five-step drop from the 10. Fires deep down the middle of the field. Tyler Scott is open. Over the shoulder, catch of the 38. Sprinting away from the Red Hawks. Into the end zone for an 81-yard touchdown on the second play of the season for Cincinnati. Dan Horde on Learfield. I know it was Miami, but boy, the Bearcats look good, winning 49-14. They certainly did. You know, and, and all the years they've been playing that game, and it's one of the oldest rivalries in the country. Don't ever remember it being the season-opening game. Usually it's maybe late September, but uh, Desmond Ritter, everybody knew him coming back was going to be a big thing for the Bearcats. And Cincinnati hasn't lost a home game there for a long time. Well, the time. longest in the country. Yeah, yeah. You know, Ohio State's had a pretty good streak, too. We're what? trying to figure out how long it is. <laughs> it is. We, we got the range now, but we're, we're trying to three, figure it out. Three different numbers on top. And we have different years, too, for the last <laughs> loss. We'll get some time to count it here soon. This week, only two games with top 25 opponents, Ohio State and Oregon, and then Iowa-Iowa State. So, I mean, the, the yeah. rest of the top 25 is, is, is one-sided, but uh, that Iowa Iowa State matchup this week. Th- that'll be big, and Iowa's kind of owned it. But uh, you know, Ohio State—they had to struggle to get by Northern mm-hmm. Iowa this past week. Yeah, game day is going to be there. A lot of excitement there at Ames. All right, up next we will put a lid on the Minnesota game as we hit the sidelines with Matt Andrews. That's next as the Buckeye Roundtable show continues. You're listening to Buckeye Roundtable presented by Buyers Auto on the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Denzel Ward here for Union Home Mortgage, the official home lending sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Achieving your dreams takes commitment, hard work, and perseverance. Union Home Mortgage helps you turn the dream house you've always imagined into a reality. They put you first with world-class service, personalized tools, financing, and unwavering support. Get started today at UHM.com. Union Home Mortgage. Promises kept. Union Home Mortgage Corp. is an equal housing opportunity lender. NMLS 2229 8241 Circle West Strongsville, Ohio 44136. Football's Archie Griffin for Encova Insurance. Much like in athletics, Encova Insurance relies on teamwork, accountability, and dedication to execute a successful game plan. With smart digital solutions, superior financial strength, and more, Encova provides a full range of insurance products to encircle businesses and individuals with coverage at every step in life's journey. 
Contact your independent Encova insurance agent or visit Encova.com for more information. Hey, Buckeye fans, AEP Energy wants to know if you're ready to power up and carbon down. Help bring 100% renewable energy to the homes and businesses of your community by enrolling in our Eco Advantage plan today. Together, we can reduce our carbon footprint and supply clean energy for a brighter future. Visit aepenergy.com slash OSU to get started. AEP Energy, the official electricity and natural gas sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. While an affiliate of AEP Ohio, AEP Energy is not soliciting on behalf of and is not an agent of the utility. This, this is the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Welcome back, everyone, into tonight's Buckeye Roundtable show presented by Buyers Auto with Jim Lachey and Paul Keels. I'm Skip Mossick. Be sure to check out the Buckeye Game Day Concert Series presented by the Buckeye Cruise for Cancer before every Ohio State home football game this season outside of St. John Arena and Buckeye Fan Fest. Look forward to that on Saturday. Each week we'll feature a different artist or band performing live on stage for game day fans two hours before kickoff. Get on board and book your cruise today. BuckeyeCruise.com. Go Buckeyes and beat cancer. This is the Elk and Elk Report on the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Well, the big question everyone's been asked this week, Jim Lachey, is uh, will anybody that couldn't go in week one be back this Saturday? Yeah, and again, obviously Josh Proctor would be on that list. He was able to, uh, you know, he left the game, went right up the ramp after, you know, he ran into the tight end or made the tackle into the tight end. We saw Bryson Shaw come in and get a little playing time after that. Certainly Marcus Hooker still in that conversation. Ronnie Hickman, you know, he played a little bit of bowl position, had a great game. Lathan Ransom. Marcus Williams, surprising. He didn't see any playing time. Uh, you know, he's a guy that played mm-hmm. a lot last year, but uh, they had Ransom in there. And again, Court Williams at that stage position is also a guy that, that they're trying to ease in there, didn't think they wanted to play him on the road. So, you know, he's another guy at that safety position. Without Josh, again, we don't know his condition. We'll find that out uh, before the game. But uh, he did, uh, you know, didn't finish last week's game. Our Elk and Elk 2 Deep report was presented by the injury lawyers at Elk and Elk, proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Call 1 800 Elk Ohio. Now for Buckeye Roundtables from the Sidelines Report on the Ohio State Sports Network. Ohio State with the victory Thursday at Minnesota. Time for tonight's Sideline Report. We'll put a recap on the Minnesota game. Here's Matt Andrews. The Buckeye defense got to the end zone on Thursday against Minnesota. Zach Harrison strip sack forced the fumble. And Haskell Garrett recovered and ran into the end zone for the defensive score. to put Ohio State up 10 points. Here's Harrison postgame talking about his big moment. Just take me through what it meant to win on a tough environment like this tonight, a tough tough atmosphere with the rain. I mean, yeah, they were they were a good team, all props to Minnesota. You know, they were big on the O-line. They could run the ball like like I haven't seen since I've been here. You know, the fans were going crazy, and the atmosphere alone was, was hectic. When the offense on the field, it was loud, and it was, like I said, rainy, and, and conditions weren't ideal for us to pull out a win like that and, and persevere, you know, and come together as a team. I felt the team really come together at halftime, like, you know, we didn't have the result we wanted to the first half, and we came in, regrouped, and came out. You know, we made some plays and, and just coming with a dub, and that's huge for our season. That's a good building block to start. You arguably had the defensive play that kind of turned that tie by strip sacking, and then ultimately Haskell get it into the end zone. Can you remember the play, just the pressure you got from the backside on it, Morgan? Man, I just thought, just get off the rock. And then once you get off the rock, you can make moves from then on, and that's what I tried to do. And Coach Jay always trusted, you know, Sacks were cool, but strip sacks changed the game, and that's what I was trying to do. I just brought my arm around and, and tried. I didn't even know I hit the ball out, to be honest with you. I just thought I hit him, and then 
I'm looking, Haskell's running, and I'm on my back like this because the O-lineman fell on me, and Haskell's running down the field scoring, and, you know, got the sideline, got juiced up, and, you know, I'm just, you know, when your number's called, you just got to make a play. It's competitive excellence. That's what Coach Day preaches, and that's what I felt like was that moment. Zach, when you watch the offense, as they did in the second half, put up 35, yeah. you felt it was there, but they kind of got going there in the third quarter, fourth quarter. Yeah, it's, it's only up from here for our offense. You know, CJ, his first start, he played well, you know. And uh, and he's only going to get better. I've seen CJ do some crazy thing in practice, and once we and once he gets more comfortable and settles into that position as QB one, and realizes that this is his team and we're all behind him, he's going he's going to be the best quarterback in college football. And I really believe that. Finally, what's your message? Now I asked you about media day. You don't answer the question. What's your message now for Buckeye Nation with Oregon coming in next week? Are you excited to get back home and play that game? Just trying to get two and zero. That's right. No, but but for real though, I am excited to be back in the shoe. You know, I'm I'm excited to be back home and see all our fans and, and just. You know, the atmosphere of the shoe is one of a kind. And we got a good opponent in Oregon. We got to get on the film and get studying. And, uh, you know, it'll be a fun one. Congrats. Thanks a lot. Yeah, appreciate it. I also had a chance post game outside the locker room to catch up with Ohio State defensive line coach Larry Johnson. You knew this was going to be tough. Coach Day talked about it being kind of what he expected. Just your thoughts on that because this was a slugfest. Yeah, we thought it was going to be a slugfest. We thought the running back was awesome. Their O-line is big, strong. And we knew we were going to get some extra tackle over and all those kind of things to trying to offset the gaps. Uh, the good thing about our kids just couldn't hang in there. They just kept fighting. You know what I mean? It might be a big play here and there, but when the time arrives to make a play, our guys seem to show up. And that's all that counts. When they put an extra offensive lineman in the game, did you have an idea that might happen? Yeah, and we had an idea they may go to that, so we had a package that we wanted to get on the field, you know, but they came in so late, and we were trying to run on the field and get ours on the field to match it, which official we thought should have held the ball until we got on the field because they sub, we sub, and so we have a chance to set it up. But we're, we knew they were going to go to it, some form of it, you know what I mean? I wondered because you would sub as late, and they had an opportunity at times to maybe draw you guys off odd numbers there but it didn't work and 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 them not to uh, to hold the game but anyway uh, just the way you rotated and can play the depth do you feel like in the third quarter especially when you've got guys getting to the quarterback there and zach making the play the strip sack that was big right i think that's really crucial that's why you keep the guys fresh for that one play that zach makes because he's fresh and they come off the back edge make a great play sack bombing touchdown i mean that's what you're playing for You've seen Haskell Garrett go through a lot and come back, and, and to have that moment again, I mean, I it looked natural. I know. He's a lucky guy. So you're a lucky guy to wear like, two years in a row touchdown. I said, that doesn't happen. So you're, you've been blessed, you know, and you're special. So I mean, he did a great job for us today. Did you like the number of guys you played? Did you expect I, the reps I, to be about that? I, 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 I liked the kept Zach reps down a little bit, but it was gotten kind of game that we guess, you know what, I don't want to put these young kids in and get caught in the moment. So we let him go, and Zach was feeling great. So, Coach, I feel good. And normally I ask the guy, you're tired? He says, no, I'm good, Coach, I'm good. And, he, and it paid all for us. So what we saw this week and how they might differ that next week in terms of their scheme, is it going to be completely different or no? Uh, totally different. Totally different offense we're facing next week. They'll spread offense, you know, like some of the Penn State stuff that we saw in the past because the, the offense coordinators there. And so you know, they're fast. I mean, they're a fast team. So we got to have our P's and Q's together. It would be nice to be home, won't it? Oh, it would be nice to be prone in front of the Buckeye fans, too. Lastly, your thoughts on the offense as they got going in the second half with you guys trailing? I tell you, any, any play is a big play with them. You, you can just see it just waiting to happen, you know, just one pass, one run. And, but they kept, you know, they kept coming back, came out in the second half, scored real quick, and all of a sudden we're back in this thing. And that's good for us, though, you know, to be able to do that. Skip, they'll need another big defensive line performance this Saturday at home against Oregon. 
Back to you. All right, Maddie. We heard Coach Johnson there. We heard Coach Day tell us earlier this in the program, completely different look against Oregon than what they faced against Minnesota. Yeah, you go from, like yeah. I said, a lot of offensive linemen in that formation to a totally different thing, empty backfield. So they'll have to adjust, you know, and they're ready for it. But uh, Larry Johnson, the best defensive line in the country, happy to have him here at Ohio State. Most important thing for you, Paul, is I'm worried about the, the, the color scheme of the numerals. You know what? From, uh, from watching last <laughs> night, it Oregon's good. first game, yeah. it looked good. As long yeah. as it's not what we saw in the 2010 I'm thinking Rose it's going to be white jerseys. I hope it's not like a, <laughs> like a, white, a, a white jersey with a gray <laughs> I know. number or something like Keep that. Keep on ducking. <laughs> uh, next, we will visit uh, with Bill Landis of The Athletic as Buckeye Roundtable continues. This is Buckeye Roundtable, presented by Byers Auto on the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. And now, Archie Griffin, football's only two-time Heisman Trophy winner, to tell you about Encova Insurance. Much like in athletics, Encova Insurance relies on teamwork, accountability, and dedication to execute a successful game plan. Your independent Encova Insurance agent can create a personalized solution for all your insurance needs. With smart digital solutions, superior financial strength, local expertise, and more, Encova provides a full range of products to encircle businesses and individuals with coverage at every step in life's journey. They remain dedicated to progress and continue to strive to be the most trusted and responsive provider of industry-leading solutions. Hard work and passion are critical components of any winning team. Count on Encova Insurance as your local team to provide peace of mind. Contact your independent Encova Insurance agent or visit Encova.com for more information. Hi, this is Paul Keels, voice of the Ohio State Buckeyes. The Convenience Stores of Speedway is proud to be a sponsor of Ohio State Athletics and your first choice for value and convenience. Whether you're tailgating before the game or watching at home, Speedway is always on your way and is exactly what you need to enjoy the game. Snacks, beverages, and everything in between. And nobody but Speedway has the speedy rewards card. Speedway, proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. We're on your way, the convenience stores of Speedway. Is the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. And welcome back, everyone, into tonight's Buckeye Roundtable show presented by Byers Auto with Jim Lachey and Paul Keels. I'm Skip Mossick. Football Saturdays at 9 a.m. Watch Game Time with Ryan Day on Bally Sports Ohio. Get exclusive insights and in-depth interviews with players, coaches, and experts from across Buckeye Nation. Buckeye Roundtable Insiders. Ohio State and Oregon coming up on Saturday. Kick will be at 12 noon. We're joined for a few minutes now by Bill Landis. Great job and work he does with the athletic. Bill, thanks for your time. From your chair, we'll start you with this, Bill. What are the biggest things Ohio State needs to firm up uh, from last week prior to the game Saturday against Oregon? Tackling. I think it's as simple as that. Uh, It's not uncommon to see a lot of missed tackles in the first game, and I think you saw that kind of around the country, so it's not unique to Ohio State, but... Um, I think Oregon probably has some more speed, especially on the perimeter, than Minnesota does. So tackling from the corners, tackling from from the back seven in general, uh, I think really needs to improve going into the second game. Bill, your overall impressions of C.J. Stroud and his first win on the road? You know, I thought it was really good how he bounced back. He he wasn't sharp in the first half. You know, he admitted that. I think Ryan Day was, was honest about it. And this is a freshman making his first start on the road in the rain against against a pretty good team. Like I, I get it. There were plenty of young quarterbacks around the country who didn't look 
particularly sharp in their first games, but I, but I thought he was good in the second half. He, he just did what he has to do in his offense, which is get the ball into the hands of the playmakers kind of as quickly as possible and let those guys do all the work. There's so much talent around him that, you know, he doesn't have to be a, a superstar for Ohio State to win games. I think he will be that eventually, but right now he just needs to kind of play calm and poised and, and get the ball to those guys, and I thought he did that pretty well in the second half of that game. Bill, in our form of media, we certainly get caught up in all of the great ways to describe what Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson have brought to this offense. When putting pen to paper, even though that's not what happens anymore, what are some of the things that come to your mind when you try to describe to readers just this duo that we're watching? Uh, the, the word I like to use to describe both is smooth. Uh, and and there's, there's just not a whole lot of effort, I think, that goes into how good each of those guys are. And, and I hesitate to say that because I, I think it takes away a little bit from the the hard work that they've done to, to put themselves in that position, but they're just so polished as, as route runners, as, as guys who kind of understand the intricacies of the receiver position that it just looks so so easy and, and smooth to them. Is there anybody that uh, Oregon's Kayvon Thibodeau reminds you of? Uh, you know, I, I know maybe a Simeon Rice from, you know, a long time ago, uh, back in the 90s, you know, kind of a taller guy, linear, who, you know, has enough power to make things happen. But, again, what does he remind you of anybody, and do you think he was going to be healthy enough to go? Uh, on the health, I'm not sure. I, it's, it seems to me like Oregon's doing some gamesmanship here. You know, they, they said he's going to be ready. His injury wasn't that serious. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think maybe he would have gone back in that game the other day if it, if it weren't serious because that was a close ball game and then Oregon almost lost and they it kind of felt like they needed him. So I'm not sure if he's going to play. Um, Simeon Rice is an interesting comparison. He's, uh, Javon Curse, I think, as well. Like Javon Curse is a, a physical freak, just like the longest human being you've ever seen in your life. Maybe yeah. Kayvon Thibodeau is not, not quite that, but he is a, he's a big, long guy out there, um, very physically imposing. He honestly reminds me a little bit of Chase Young, too. They, uh, he'll stand up and, and rush from that position in their defense, and, and Chase didn't really do that. But with his ability to take over a game and, and just how unblockable he looks at times, he, he looks at the guys at Ohio State that roll through here. Bill, how do you like the way we've seen over this past weekend some of the games, not just the Ohio State-Minnesota game and not just the Big Ten games, but having some of the other matchups to get the college football season started? I think it's great. Um, you know, I, I like watching the, the, the helmet games, the, the brands we recognize playing against, against each other. I, I think you do maybe wish that the teams kind of knew a little more about themselves when they get on the field together. Some of the football is not, not the cleanest in the world because it is week one and there's no preseason for these teams. But I'm never going to complain when you, when you see a Georgia you know, play a Clemson or a, a Notre Dame play a Florida State or, or an Ohio State play an Oregon like we're going to see this week. Bill, you saw a lot of Ohio State defensive players run in and out. Uh, you know, a lot of massive changes. I think that's more first week, and obviously what Minnesota was doing with their offensive line, you know, depth that they had there. But do you think they'll settle down at the linebacker position with two or three guys, or we'll continue to see multiple guys in and out? Uh, that's a good question. I, I think maybe we could have another week or two of them playing a, a deeper bench, so, so to speak. Um, because, like I said, they're – they're still trying to figure out who they have. Um, I, I thought based on the way guys played last week that, that Taraja Mitchell and, and Cody Simon maybe earned some, some more reps than, than the rest of the guys in that position. But when you have depth, uh, I suppose you want to play it. I, I do believe at a certain point they have to narrow that down. And it's not going to be, I don't think, as, as kind of a, a physical heavy run game as, as last week's where we'd like to work some more bodies in there. So I think you could start to see them begin to pair that down this week. But I, I, don't, I think we're probably still maybe – two or three games away from them really kind of zeroing in on, on 11 to 15 guys that they really like. You've seen a lot of games at Ohio Stadium. Is there a great curiosity of what this is going to be like this coming Saturday, given the fact that it wasn't there last year, Bill? Yes. 
uh, I, I missed the fans in a major way last year, as I'm sure you guys did too. Um, and it was great to see a, a packed house in, in Minneapolis and, and that environment and the fans stick around for, for the entire game too. I thought it was great. So I'm very excited to see people back in the shoe. I know there's still 10,000 tickets, but I hope they, they fill that up on, on Saturday afternoon because I, I missed a, a good college football environment in Columbus, and I'm really happy we're going to get one this weekend. Bill, did you stop and see that you were in Madison on Saturday? Yeah, we uh, we we made uh, some some late minute or last minute adjustments to our travel plans and, and ditched the flight and drove to Madison from Minneapolis and checked out the Penn State Wisconsin game. What, what was that atmosphere like? I mean, you talk about just something some place that's always so packed and, and jacked up. Anyways, after build up for two years or whatever. I mean, what was Madison like? It was awesome. Um, I had not been to a game sort of just in a fan capacity, just sitting in the stands watching it in, in probably ten or so years. Um, they do. They, they pack you in there pretty good. And I'm a bigger guy. It's a little bit like a sardine can sitting in those seats. So I wasn't the most comfortable person in the world. But uh, it was it was a very cool environment, and it was great to kind of be there when they when they started jumping around at Camp Randall again. I'm a little guy, and it's not so comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> not for me either, Bill. Hey, now, but hey, when in Wisconsin, did you get some spotted cow? <laughs> I did get some spotted cow right. while I was there, and, and I might have bought a few cases home with me. Too. All right, perfect. Awesome. Awesome. Bill Landis, The Athletic, we always appreciate your time. We love your work, okay? Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. And Buckeye Roundtable brought to you in part by Incova Insurance, a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. We will wrap things up with some chalk talk next as the Buckeye Roundtable show continues. More of Buckeye Roundtable coming up. Presented by Byers Auto on the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. Hi, this is Paul Keels. This Buckeye season, don't let a broken windshield ruin your game plan. Safe Light Auto Glass makes it easy to get your windshield fixed with their mobile glass shops all over Central Ohio. They can come to you anywhere, giving Buckeye fans more time for game time. OH? Man, I love that. Schedule at SafeLight.com. Safe Light Auto Glass is a proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Ohio State 4-Miler fans, the 2021 Ohio State Brutus Bolt Race, presented by Raising Canes and Byers Auto, is back. Join us on October 24th at Ohio Stadium. For more information on how to sign your kids up for the 2021 Ohio State 4-Miler Brutus Bolt Race, visit OhioStateFourMiler.com. A portion of the 4-Miler proceeds will go to the Buckeye Cruise for Cancer, benefiting the Urban and Shelley Meyer Fund for Cancer Research at the James. Denzel Ward here for Union Home Mortgage, the official home lending sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Achieving your dreams takes commitment, hard work, and perseverance. Union Home Mortgage helps you turn the dream house you've always imagined into a reality. They put you first with world-class service, personalized tools, financing, and unwavering support. Get started today at UHM.com. Union Home Mortgage. Promises kept. Union Home Mortgage Corp. is an equal housing opportunity lender. NMLS 2229 8241 Circle West Strongsville, Ohio 44136. Before kickoff, hit the field with game time with Ryan Day. At the 30, down the sideline and into the end zone for six. Join the head coach and experts from across Buckeye Nation to preview every matchup and breakdown for each week's game. Plus, don't miss exclusive in-depth interviews with Ohio State players and coaches. Get ready for another week of hard-hitting Buckeye football with game time with Ryan Day. Game day Saturday mornings at 9 in Columbus on 10 TV and statewide on Valley Sports Ohio. Touchdown, Ohio State. This is the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. 
Welcome back, everyone. Buckeye Roundtable presented by Buyers Auto with Jim Lachey and Paul Keels. I'm Skip Mossick. Buyers Auto Group has been serving Central Ohio and the surrounding areas since 1897. Their relationship doesn't stop when you buy a car. It starts. So come see why it's better to buy at Buyers. Proud sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Buckeye Roundtable. Chalk Talk. Wrap things up with some chalk talk tonight. Let's begin with our Papa John's delivery of the game presented by Papa John's. Big one with Oregon. Who must deliver for the Buckeyes? I think it starts with that defense. That defense is going to have to, you know, play four quarters of football. I thought they played a great second half. Now they got to go out there and play a great first half to slow down Anthony Brown and that uh, Oregon Duck offense. Well. I agree. The defense needs to take that step forward. We saw that the offense in the second half provided the explosiveness that everybody had hoped they would. Oregon, we mentioned this. They had a tight win against Fresno State Saturday. Vanilla? Fresno pretty good or just a slow opener? I, I think Fresno, their quarterback made some plays. The receivers were able to get open in the sidelines. They kind of sat down in a few areas and were able to get it done. Uh, and again, you know, Oregon benefited from four turnovers by Fresno State. They got after a quarterback, but still Fresno State was able to hang in there and, and, and hang in that game. So I, I would credit Fresno State. You know, maybe Oregon, uh, you know, after losing uh, Thibodeau in that ball game, they defensively didn't quite see, seem the same. Their offense found enough to, you know, was able to score the points to win it, but still, uh, you know, to give it up 24, you kind of worry about that. Ohio State looks to be so explosive on offense, uh, almost like they can strike at any time. Is there, I guess the question is, is there enough touches to keep everybody happy? I know it's early in the season, but, you know, they keep going like this. I mean, it might, guys might only get five or six touches a game. Especially with the wealth of running back talent that we seem to have witnessed from game one. The wide receivers, don't forget about the tight end, and also whatever C.J. Stroud might be able to give them. You know, Ryan Day was asked today during his press conference uh, when he talked about so few offensive plays. Well, on one of those long plays, would he want Olave or Wilson to just go down just rather than go all the way? Says, nah, we'll, we'll let him go all the way. Yeah, it's just a big problem. We score too fast, guys. Uh, you know, we like to get more plays. These one-play drives are killing us. We don't like it. Uh, you know, we want to get the 10, 12 plays. Now, you love that short play drives, and Ohio State was able to do that, have some big plays in the second half. And, you know, I, I thought that's one thing you wanted to, you wanted to see is yeah. we had some big play capability last year, and, and certainly when you got Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, uh, you're going to have it again, and it was demonstrated in the second half. Ohio State is a big game coming up, Saturday. and it, it yes. is. It's a big game. Ohio, Ohio State, though, has struggled in recent years with home-ranked non-conference opponents. I'm talking recent years, like the last 20. You know, 17 <laughs> in o- against Oklahoma. Tech. You know, Tech was unranked. Unranked. Uh, 09 USC, they were third. 05 uh, Texas, they were ranked number two. You know, NC State in 03 was number 24. They won that game, but still ranked number 24. The last time I could find top 10 was Washington State in 02. They were ranked number 10 as far as a, a victory with all of that. But I guess my question is, why, is there anything to that? Is it just really obviously well, you're talking about well, top a lot of different coaches through yeah. that time yeah. and, and, and squads? Uh, yeah, I mean, and programs that have been what successful really too. Good. You're yeah. talking about, yeah, I mean, you know, certainly Virginia Tech was, you know, Frank Beamer was still Beamer Ball and, and Bud Foster was still coaching on that defensive side. They put something together, had a game plan that was very effective that night. It didn't help them all throughout the year. But Ohio uh, State won the return game. I know that's, that's what was yeah, so yeah, bizarre. Yeah. Yes. They took care of them. Like, yeah, yeah, Oklahoma, yeah. same thing. 
That's when uh, Brown, Noah Brown, had an unbelievable, yeah, unbelievable catch. They won in Austin, lost here. I mean, yeah. the same sort of thing. Oklahoma's lost both to USC. I lost mean, that, both that, there, that, yeah. that, that well, we it. need our crowd noise to be a little bit more effective, <laughs> I guess, because we're, we're doing it on the road. Speaking of that, welcome fans back. Lots of new protocols with the noon kick. Allow plenty of extra time to get in. A lot of that because of some of the construction that's going around campus. But you know, the whole thing. Uh, d- download the app because tickets are all mobile as well as parking passes yes. that people need to get. Uh, the tickets are always important. Also. There's going to be metal detectors you go through that you don't have to empty mm-hmm. your pockets. Be mindful of that. But the mask, you do not have to wear a mask when you are in the stands outside in, within the stadium. But if you'll you've need been if, vaccinated. if you've been vaccinated, you will need them in the restrooms and in enclosed areas. Masks are a pain. I get it. It is what it is. We are where we are. Be respectful of one another. Follow the rules and just get out there and have a good time. And show up early. Uh, you know, show up early. That's one thing I can and tell you from my late. stadium experience uh, last week uh, at watching the Hawkeyes. Uh, you you know you you better have your ticket downloaded into your wallet <laughs> and your parking pass because don't count on Wi Fi around the stadium to be working. <laughs> Uh, sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. I know we did the home games last year in person, but uh, you guys excited to be you know broadcasting in front of a? I'm excited to see you know, the band, a big, Skip, a big, see the band, house? all of yeah. that, absolutely, and all to right. see the fans roaming around the stadium both before and after the games. It should be a lot of fun. NFL will start later this week. Buckeyes and the NFL will return next week, and I tell you what, a lot of guys to keep an eye on, Jim. Well, just right here in Ohio uh, for the Bengals, Eli Apple, Von Bell, uh, Drew Christmans there on the practice squad. He just got released today. Did he? Yeah. Okay. So Sam, well, he was. Uh, this wasn't updated yet. Sam Hubbard uh, signed a big deal in the offseason. Uh, Isaiah Prince is still over there. Uh, you know, Billy um, Price, he just went over to uh, the Giants. Giants, so he, yeah. he was in a trade. Uh, you know, you, you look at uh, Carolina, you got Michael Jordan and Pat Elfline, you know, two guys on their offensive line. Curtis Samuel was there. Now he's watching the Washington football team with McLaurin. They're all over. They're all over. The Cowboys have a few. Uh, you know, for the Browns, uh, Denzel Ward, Tommy Togiai over there. So, yeah, they're all across the league, and it's going to be fun to watch them throughout. I'd say, well, it's just, it's hard to believe. It, it seems like the NFL should have started by now. But Labor it's, Day, yeah. But it's kind of there. And I, I, I didn't miss not having that extra preseason game. I don't know about you. I, 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 I don't think any of the players miss that. somebody time. who did preseason games for a long time, that fourth one was difficult to yeah, do. And, and, I didn't I, I know. it anyways. That's what I'm saying. Was, That's what made it difficult. I know. Talking to my son-in-law, Pat, they had the weekend off, so he really enjoyed I'll just bet. having Having some rest time oh, and not yeah. doing anything. That is fantastic. So look forward to uh, to that. Again, Ohio State and Oregon coming up Saturday. Saturday Games at noon. We referenced this last week, Jim, but uh, how tough is it for a West Coast team yeah. coming coming east and playing at noon? Yeah, what I talked about, too, is I said typically they leave on a Thursday, and that's what Oregon's going to do. They're going to get here Thursday evening, you know, get a night in, have a normal Friday practice, whatever they type do. Of course, it won't be normal because they won't be, you know, at their facility, so to speak. Uh, get a chance to go in Ohio State stadium and get again acclimated to the time and then go to bed early and get up early and start it all again sometimes it's hard for the the home team to get acclimated to playing exactly. I mean, we've we, seen we, that before we love it but we we're, do we're well, a bunch yeah, of old dudes yeah. it's, just it's like, gonna be a great day of football <laughs> saturday looking forward to it again it yeah. should be a lot of fun guys great job tonight the hours just flew by at the, at the sure did. once again we'll see you thursday you, you got it absolutely thursday for coach day's radio show buckeye roundtable presented by buyers auto has been brought to you statewide by Encova Insurance, the American Dairy Association Mideast, Papa John's, and by Buyers Auto. For our producer tonight, Colin Berenger, and for Jim Lachey and Paul Keels, I'm Skip Mossick. As always, thank you for listening. This is the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield.